Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Well, our top story is really a couple of follow-ons from yesterday. One is, I got my recall ballot in the mail. I live in California now, and I've got a recall for Governor Newsom, and I figured out how it works. So there's a section that says, do you want to recall Governor Newsom, yes or no? And there's a section that says, if Governor Newsom gets recalled, whom? I'm sure it doesn't say that, but I think it should be, whom would you like to replace him? And then there are 47 names. I think it was supposed to be 46. Maybe it's 46. Okay. 46 or 47 names. It took me forever to even find Larry Elder. And now I forget the guy I wanted to vote for. So I don't really know. But the way it works is you get to vote separately on the two things. So if you vote, you can vote, no, I don't want Newsom to be recalled. But you still get to vote on if he's recalled, whom would you like to replace him? Was there a little clan hood next to Larry Elder's name? Since he is the (laughs) black face of white supremacy, as we isn't it? I I think um, Thaddeus Preston wrote like how how racist. Oh, it was about the Herschel Walker article. Like how racist is it? I just feel like they're 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 like stay in your box. You know, to use you know you could you could really use an analogy that might be offensive. Like you know, stay in your lane, stay on the farm, and. We will love you. But if you think for yourself, if you don't fit the stereotype we want, we want, then you ain't black. You know, to use Biden's terms. The Democrats are going to put on a full-fledged racist campaign to demonize Herschel Walker. And you can already see it. You can already see it. Yeah, Larry Elder, too. And somebody thought I was said he was mean to me. He wasn't. I was interrupting him. And you can believe that. Because I interrupt everyone all the time. I'm incapable of not interrupting anyone. <laughs> and he was actually totally nice, but he was right. He was like, what? You know, hello? Like, wait, your turn. He, and he didn't even say that. Um, <laughs> it was actually kind of funny. But um, uh, so let's see. Okay, so I got this. Um, and, and whoever gets it wins. And and even if it's Caitlyn Jenner's on there, even if if the person gets five percent of the vote, if it's the if every single person gets an even number of votes plus one, you could easily win with, you know, five percent of the vote. So that's it. It's just whoever has the most votes wins. That's what it seems like. And from what I could tell. And then although every resource I clicked had the same article in it. So I thought I was looking at three different newspapers, but the article that explained it was written by the same guy, had the same words. So, I mean, it's just one man's opinion, I guess. But yeah, that's what I think. And then they get a a, a real election, I think, next year. Is it for Newsom? Is it straight up that he still he has to get the most votes or are there special rules for him? Or is it just free for all? He's not a candidate. So for him... It's just yes or no. So okay. if the majority of people, if I understand correctly, if the majority of people who vote say that he should be recalled, he'd be recalled. Like that's actually easier than you would think. Like that that's a lower number of actual votes. Like that's definitely going to be a minority. Like less than 50% of all eligible voters. 
I would assume could still like easily be enough to unseat him. And, and I, I, I always think these things are games, but maybe this is a game too, but that arrest, that arrest in Torrance County yesterday where they found thousands of ballots in the guy's car, mail-in ballots for this exact thing. That looks like Newsom is worried. Can you imagine if there were a Republican governor in California right now? The Republican that who is probably the front runner is the San Diego mayor Faulkner. And he's he's a Schwarzenegger type, like hard rhino, you know, hardcore rhino. Yeah. So he's a Democrat. Basically, like out here, usually the people don't even write R or D next to their names because like being an R is just like a deal breaker. Being a D is probably too far to the right. Well, Newsom's certainly it's, a D bag. He's certainly a D. Yeah, exactly. Any Anything D stands for, he definitely is. <laughs> so that's that. Uh, a couple of other little tidbits is, um, so I saw a picture this morning. Now I'm all choked up of Charlie Watts. I had a little fun with his death yesterday, and I guess that was like pretty cynical of me. I didn't get any complaints. People thought it was funny, whatever. But like I was thinking, like, how cynical have we become? <laughs> where you know what I mean? This is a guy I liked. I've seen him many times, and you know, here's this. Then I see a picture from this morning. Uh, it was the last picture. Um, maybe it was his last public picture. One of the last photos of Watts before his died with his wife Shirley Ann Shepard, his wife of fifty-seven years. Oh, that's sweet. I know. And I just think. I mean, when I hear people leaving their wives and stuff for younger chicks, like I just it makes me lose respect for them. And similarly, when I hear somebody like this, I feel like, wow, that guy must have had really good character because the temptations for him were probably. That's what I was going to say. So he was 80 when he died. That is 27 when he got married. 23. 23 when he got married. That's right. And to stay married for that period of time, that that's pretty impressive. Now, shoot. She was likely a forgiving sort. <laughs> I'm not trying to impugn his character. Might I can't imagine. Yeah, I mean, you know, some people are like that. They just they can roll with it. I remember Bob Marley's wife was like that. She was like, you know, that's that's different. That's separate. I'm not. I have no reason to think this guy. I believe was Hillary Clinton was like that. Yeah, maybe Bill was like that. Perhaps maybe they yeah. didn't like maybe. each other at all. Because <laughs> you ever see those pictures of Ch- Chelsea and? Uh, Side the, by side with, with like his business partner. Yeah, the well, guy that looks like her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing like Ronan Farrell. Is that his name? Ronan? Ronan Farrell and Frank Sinatra. Uh-huh. Like that's kind of like, oh, I bet. <laughs> I got it. I didn't actually expect to get away with that. Anyway, so just uh, a, a, a slightly delayed respects Parallel respects to Charlie Watts. And um, one last thing, I have to read a tweet I got, which was this. So I sent out, I posted this article there, you know, atrocity propaganda against the Taliban, which I think are completely our puppets. So whatever, this whole thing in my mind is just is a is the prelude to. uh Biden's like a 25th Amendment thing where he's going to get. Oh, whoops. I think we're always going to save that for the page 15. But anyway, 
I think he's going to get 25th Amendment or whatever. I think the Democrats are going to lead the charge on that. I think like uh, President Harris is not what Republicans want, even though Lindsey Graham wants to impeach Biden. But so this all this Afghanistan stuff, I think, is just the Afghanistan is a setup. I'm, I'm assuming the Taliban continues to be our puppets, as the Haqqani Network always seems to have been. And that this is all about Biden being the perfect candidate to get ousted and replaced by Kamala, who probably could never have won straight up. She's probably been psych profiled up the wazoo to be somebody who can carry on the deep state tradition at that level. She can, you know, I really think they do. They do psych tests for working in an investment bank, like all day psych tests for like or private equity firms for her. I'm sure they know she's the one. So and she probably couldn't get elected, but she could do what they need her to do. So that's how what I think is going on behind the scenes. But they're still pumping out atrocity propaganda about the Taliban, making a big deal of the Afghan thing, maybe because of the infrastructure plan. I really don't know what they're trying to distract us from. A lot of things are probably at play. But one of the things it said was there's a big uh, headline that said Taliban tell Afghan women to stay home from work because soldiers are, quote, not trained to respect them. Okay. So I actually think that's some damn good advice because pretty much every, I've read probably a hundred different versions of soldiers coming into a place, a foreign country and raping women, like hundreds. So that's not a bad idea. I said, I think that's a little better than when they actually forced us to stay home on lesser grounds. Uh, you know, women to stay home from work really regressed on women's careers. So at Tweed Driftwood said they were tally asked. You were tally banned. <laughs> so <laughs> I like that's that. good. I like that. Yeah. That was really good. Very quick too. Like right away. It was very, very quick. So anyway, but the point remains that that they talk about these other people now. Now that they do not, our homegrown they have absolutely no moral high ground. I literally just got a text from a friend who said, "I'm pretty sure the world is ending." <laughs> wow. <laughs> You would think so, the way the news media is reporting on this Afghanistan thing. I saw a headline that said that you can see the people at the airport desperately trying to escape Afghanistan, the crowds of people all the way from space to really emphasize Did you how see many it? people are trying Did you to see get it. it? Did you see no, I didn't look at it. it I, I didn't look. I don't, I don't know what I'm looking it. at in space. I mean, well, only because they have zoom lenses in space. Of course. Yeah, you can That's see them close why. up from space because they're yeah. amazing cameras. You can see like the Great Wall of China and the Luxor spotlight. We have another example in the news of this exploitation of a crisis, the doubling down of stakeholder capitalism. Krispy Kreme, as we know last year and this year, Giving free donuts to everybody, one donut per year, not per year, per day, till the end of the year. <laughs> donut per, per, year. per year. You get one donut per year if you get the shot. <laughs> that sounds like a punishment. Yeah, one donut a day. And a donut a day? How is that good? I know, but it gets better, though. It gets even better. <laughs> 
leading up to this, Krispy Kreme just became a publicly traded company on July 1st. And since then, their shares have dipped 18%. So their shares are dropping. Shocking. So what do you do when your shares are dropping? You kowtow to try and demonstrate your ESG stakeholder capitalism to Klaus Schwab and the gang. And you attempt to protect the public from the coronavirus by doubling down on your effort to spread diabetes across the country. And they will now be offering two donuts a day until the end of 2021. (laughs) No way. Yes. Beginning (laughs) August 30th, they will give anyone with proof of vaccination two donuts every day until you either drop dead or until the end of the year. So so if if your thing doesn't work, double down. Double down on this. (laughs) Obviously, this isn't going to help profits. They're just giving their product away. But it's just not even going to help vaccinations you no. know what I mean? and like, that's that's that what i was thinking help? about who on earth is going <laughs> you know what i've been vaccine hesitant this whole time i've really worried about possible side effects that it could harm me so i i couldn't take it i was offered one donut i said no way i can't be bought by one donut but two donuts you have found my price you made me an offer. I can't refuse. Yeah, that's just, I'm it. I, I see people who probably have a history of severe allergic reactions to vaccines that were told by Pfizer. They can't even be in the study saying, I'm going to risk this, man. Two donuts. Actually, there's probably plenty of people who have severe allergic reactions to donuts. To donuts, too. They're also risking <laughs> peanut it. peanut oil or something. Who knows? I mean, this who is knows? Th- I could marketing one. I would get boys. crazy sick if I ate one of those. <laughs> yeah, it's so bad for you. It makes me think of the New Orleans Saints things, too. We talked about their ticket prices being less than a dollar on these second-party sites because nobody wants to go to the game because of the vaccine stuff. Everybody's trying to virtue signal this vaccine stuff, and it's oh, not working. You know, I was thinking about the um, – when we were talking about that yesterday, about the colleges, that there's going to be a mad dash to colleges that don't require vaccinations. Uh-huh. And you would think that maybe if it were truly a competitive landscape, that – some of those colleges would just turn around and be go on vax again or non-mandatory vax. But I don't really know how like accreditation and all that stuff works, but I have identified that between the lockdowns and Operation Varsity Blues, they are really, really trying to, I think, crush the entire second tier private college market so that they want a really third world education in that they will have this just like healthcare and security. They will have this super, super high end Ivy League for the elites and everybody else goes to a brainwashing state school. That is the great reset model that they're doing to businesses too. It's not going to work shareholder wise. So you do the ESG stuff and they'll get the funding from the governments. They'll get the funding from whichever organizations are part of the World Economic Forum. But and the small businesses will get crushed. That's that's the goal anyway. And if you try to go it alone. See, this is the thing. I, I my husband used to work at a company that had to. Um was going to build like an auditorium or something. And it was competitive. Somebody else wanted to build it, whatever. In order to ever make ends meet, like ever be able to compete, they had to, I don't know what it was, maybe apply for a tax exemption or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's so wrong. You can't let like taxpayers subsidize your business. Like, but we can't, our business would go under because everybody else is doing it. Like, what can I do? I mean, he wasn't the decision maker there, but you kind of have to. Like, if, if, if your industry is getting grossly subsidized by the government or you're getting penalized for not playing ball, 
you are just being de facto driven out of business. And, you know, you can say, all right, well, then just move into another business. But, you know, we have God given talents. We have vocations. We have callings. We have the right to pursue happiness, which has to involve how you make a living. So there, you know, it's really a moral, it's an actual moral dilemma to be like, how do I survive in such a, you know, that's the problem with fascism. Yeah. But fascism. I don't know how the college stuff works. Well, some college students who have been requesting exemptions. We talked about this in an interview that we did Yeah, can they yesterday. just get exemptions? No, they have to request it. And then there's a little bit of a vetting process. And I talked yesterday how this process is being targeted now by the media. They're targeting the people who are helping people. And now they are possibly targeting the students because a bunch of students from a university, California State University, have been doxxed. There has been a data breach has exposed who the students are who have requested vaccine wow. exemptions. It was 130 really? students and they requested religious exemptions for the COVID-19 yeah. vaccine and the students' names and phone numbers were included and the spreadsheet showed that roughly half of the requests in the leaked document were approved <clears throat> and the denied requests were then resubmitted for another chance at approval. And so it kind of gives a breakdown of what was approved and what was included in the ones that were approved, which made me think maybe this is a doxing, but also showing people what they can do to get approved. Many of the exemption requests were filed by students citing their Christian beliefs, some of them quoting biblical scripture, which we talked about that in the interview yesterday, I'm actually. I'm going to tell you, yeah. yeah. When you're finished, I'll tell you. Another student who was approved called the vaccine unclean and made an analogy to what non-kosher food is to Orthodox Jews. And then other students who asked for the exemption included NCAA athletes, incoming students, and people who were already residents of it. And then some of the students said that they believed in the healing power of prayer, and they were approved for the exemption by stating that. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Well, if they're Christian, Church of Christ scientists or Christian scientists, something like that, they, I believe that's the sect that does not allow any medical intervention at all. That's probably your best bet. But so the other day I said, I wrote this like really long treatise. I don't, don't cite scripture, but I do cite Catholic stuff like cat, like Vatican documents and everything. I really killed it. I felt like with the reasoning and citations and everything. And I told people if they wanted it, they could email us at the propaganda report podcast at gmail.com and I would share it, which I have been. So I told Brian Festa, who we interviewed yesterday, and I'm, we're posting the interview on Friday. He is a, a lawyer who really fights like, exactly what I've always been looking for. Like he gets in there and he's fighting for people's religious exemptions, helping individuals. He's trying to set precedents. He's trying to set precedents before precedents get set against the cause. He wants to get in there with his crack team and set precedents that, um, that saved the religious exemption, among other things. I was really, really impressed by him and his work. He's looking for funding. I'm 100% behind that. And I'm signing up for his like uh, $10 a month subscription. I feel like, you know, if I can do it for THC, I can do it for Festa. So yeah. anyway, but he he was he's smart. This is the thing about lawyers. I, I'm a lawyer, technically, but I don't practice. So I don't really know. But this has happened to me before. You think you have the instincts to do something like legal to state your claim and you it's like 
the legal stuff is totally different. So he said, hey, don't quote scripture. Don't if you got seven pages, I would just throw that right in the garbage. (laughs) He said, you want to write like I claim religious exemption and start with that. And then if they want to start a dialogue, you can dialogue with them. If they have a form to fill out, do the exact same thing. One sentence. So I've been looking into it for my son. And it's like a form with a box to check. Like you really, I don't even have to use this thing. So I am still happy to share it because the reasoning I thought was quite elegant. And it was a nice, um, you know, thinking through of what the problems are and what your personal beliefs, you know, may reflect that. But he said less is more. So I urge people to listen to that show. And um, I thought it was very interesting. It's going to play out in the courts. I think another thing that this story is doing is they're calling to attention the reasons people are giving also for the purposes of trying to create stricter regulations and perhaps call some of the reasons disinformation or misinformation. Because here's what one of the people said. They said, my religious beliefs follow natural healing through God's divine power and faith healing. My beliefs question the necessity of modern medicine, including vaccinations. This one was approved, this exemption. Now, this type of statement is also the type of statement that is called misinformation on Facebook. They will classify this as magical thinking that should not be applied in this situation. So I think this is all leading to these court battles that he is fighting. Very interesting. And and that's why he was saying, don't give them a reason to quibble with you. You assert your authentic belief and and that's their move. So I think that was great. I really I hope I didn't mislead anybody. I, I'm t- when I sent out the thing, I told everybody, hey, like, that's what this guy said. If people want to just read my reasoning, it wasn't like a letter or anything. But uh, <clears throat> so just if for your information, I'm welcome to sh- I'm happy to share it. There was one other thing that I wanted to be sure to mention. I, I have a bunch of stuff on the approval, the Pfizer approval. I've been reading FDA documents and it, there's a lot in there. So maybe we can talk about that tomorrow after I have a little more time to digest it. But one thing that I kept, I was tweeting, like, why did the CDC stop recording, quote, breakthrough cases where vaccinated people are getting super sick with the Delta variant to use the nomenclature they use? And, you know, obviously my thinking is because there are tons of them and they don't want to know. But like, I just was wondering if anybody had data, real data. It's very hard to find. And someone pointed out that there is a CDC document from the Massachusetts outbreak in July. Now, I totally fell for this where they were using the argument that vaccinated people were getting sick to reinstate mask mandates. And I was like, well, that should be an argument <clears throat> to take a second look at vaccine efficacy, you know, and and like I I even I just forgot about that that study, but the but the information was amazing. That the stats there were amazing. Do you remember? I mean, I have a few things here. I remember that there was an overwhelming amount of people who ended up testing positive that had been vaccinated, and that the investigation was very quick. I'll let you say what you're going to say, then I'll tell you uh, why okay. it was a quick investigation. It's It said, following multiple large public events in a Barnstable County, Massachusetts town, and, I, and I'm wondering if some of those people, I think it was the Provincetown thing, a big party in a different town, was Pro- Provincetown. It's a, a bunch of people that came Island, in from out maybe? of town to have a big yeah. celebration. Okay, something like that, yeah. So it said 469 COVID-19 cases were identified among Massachusetts residents. This is from the CDC, by the way, which is in the show notes. 
who had traveled to the town during the July 3rd to the, the 17th. That's a two-week period. 346 of them, that's 74% of the cases, occurred in fully vaccinated persons. I read elsewhere that there were five people hospitalized. Four of them were fully vaccinated. Testing identified the Delta variant in 90% of the specimens from 133 patients. Cycle threshold values were similar among specimens from patients who were fully vaccinated and those who were not. And I would say that that is really at the heart of why state reporting of breakthrough cases, besides not testing vaccinated people, testing them at a different cycle rate, which is it's outrageous that they would even say that. Who would even think that you would not test them at the same rate? It's because the CDC policy is different. But it's very clear that the vaccinated people were the majority of the people who got sick. Yeah. And this is where the CDC gathered all their data about the Delta variant and started launching these new mask procedures, masking indoors and stuff. And what's interesting about this that I didn't realize at first until I heard an interview the other day on CNN is that most of the reason that this investigation went quickly is because of the exceptional participation of the people who were involved who were mostly gay men. And it goes on to talk about how in this interview that the norms of the gay community, which is to share your medical history, share your risk with other people so that they can be responsible and take care of themselves and, and the community that came with years of practice because of HIV and AIDS, which Fauci and them are also related to. I just found that little connection interesting. Oh, that is interesting. That's very interesting. So if that's a higher risk category for transmissible transmissible illnesses. Now, HIV, I don't think is transmissible. It's a lifestyle thing. And maybe this is a lifestyle thing. You know, maybe it is, it, it, even though it feels like the vaccines themselves are some contagious bioweapon, maybe they're not. Maybe it is, it is still a function of a toxin in the environment that can take root in people who are engaging in behaviors that lower their immune system. Oh, I found something, a smoking gun thing. All right, we're running late. I will sign, I will save it for the patron 15. It's about the Pfizer trial. This was one little tidbit I came up with. I'll share with you today. All right. I have one quick thing for you before we move on to the last story. There's a quartz poll that came out and it was on how Americans are feeling about the mandates. We've seen some of these polls come out and typically the idea, I think, from the pollsters anyway, is to produce evidence to support the narrative that people want the mandates. Here's the headline. Nearly four in 10 U.S. workers say they may quit their job if their employer does not mandate vaccines. Wow. What? Can you what? say that again? Nearly four in 10 U.S. workers say they may quit their job if their employer doesn't mandate vaccines. That is wow. Sister, right? sister, 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 sister. Go ahead. That correlates pretty closely with the number of people who are vaccinated. That's interesting. It does. <laughs> now, we talk about what is left out. What's the dog that's not barking here? It's actually 38% of people say they will quit if there is no mandate at their job. Oh, they said they were quit. They said they would oh, quit if it was big. not yeah. mandated. Yeah, okay. That I mean, so I they didn't want realize the they were mandate. saying they would quit. I thought they were saying they wanted the mandate because they were, you know, they just didn't want to be around 
on that is what they're saying. Vaccinated people. Yeah, they will quit their job unless their boss mandates the vaccine because they don't want to be around the unvaccinated people. All right, that seems radical. Yeah, thirty-eight percent. But they could have also made the headline this. They could have said. Nearly four and a half in 10 U.S. workers say they may quit their job if their job does mandate the vaccine. So 44% of people in this study, which you don't wow. find this out until you read the study a little bit deeper, say they're, they're probably going to quit if they're forced to get the, the vaccine. 38 say they're, they're going to quit if everybody is not forced to get it. So the higher number <laughs> is the one that they did not want to find, but they just went ahead and, and framed the article to support their narrative anyway. But that's pretty close. 38 to 44%. That really shows the divide. You know, it was, you know, what, it, you know what it shows also? It shows... See, I hate to say it's left or right, but it is left or right because it's the collectivist morality versus the individualistic morality. So the ones who would quit their jobs don't affect anybody. The other ones, like if you don't jam this into somebody else's arm, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, that's scary. Yeah. Peer pressure, That's, bandwagon, threatening and it, as terrorism. It has to be the gun control crowd. That's why they chose the left to be the pro-vaxxers, because you just couldn't make that argument to too many people who, who believe in. Although they say that gun control and drug control seem to be highly correlated on a state-by-state -state level. And I think if you believe in gun rights as your like, God-given right to own a gun, how could you not have the God-given right to smoke a weed that God gave you, like, <laughs> like fully formed. You know what I mean? Like it was not even man-made thing. So whatever. Uh, okay. Before we get to our last big story of the free 30, you know, let's talk about the Pfizer approval thing. I think that'd be a better thing to talk about than right. um, the 25th Amendment stuff. So, before we get to that, let me tell you what we're going to talk about in the Patreon 15. Exxon is virtue signaling, as expected. But Spike Lee, is he reverse virtue signaling? So we've got that. We're going to go back and forth on that, Binkley. I didn't tell you. And, uh, and we have a lot of other things to talk about in the Patreon 15. So please tune in for that. And of course, a big shout out to the sponsor of today's show, Our friend from LibertyGear.net also. So you can get whatever T-shirts you want made. I love it. I'm hoping that he will make a vaccinate, unvaccinated and deplorable T-shirt because that will be a big seller. LibertyGear.net. If you want something specific, just email him through the site and he'll make it. He's brought a lot of joy to my life with little one-off T-shirts. People like my Obey mask, which got pilfered by my brother, George, the friendly truck driver. So, but what he did, did you see this? You probably didn't see it. Uh, he set up a Discord server called DPP Discord. Is that right? DPPDiscord.com. So named after the disappearing patron party. So when we don't have a Friday night party, you can go to DPPDiscord.com. You just have to sign into Discord. And... There's always there's somebody there always Friday nights. People are partying there. So if we're not doing a DPP, go there. 
But what they're doing now on that server, on the Propaganda Report server, is they're streaming movies. So people can go watch movies together, jump in, hang out in the Discord. Uh, they just played both Boondocks Saints movies, and they're playing, Hill last night when he tweeted at me, they were playing Captive State. I, that sounds like fun. That's awesome. I really yeah. like that. Yeah. So it's a great idea. I really think it's super sweet, and I love that he does it for us. You know, I mean, that's nice. So hopefully people will do that. Maybe I'll have to even announce that in the Patreon 15 because those people do not hear these announcements. So you miss a few things, I guess. But uh, <laughs> but anything like that, I try to bring to both both platforms, both audiences. So of course, if you are a sponsor, if you want to support us, please support our sponsors, LibertyGear.net. If you show up to that DPPDiscord.com, that would be super sweet. Be part of the community and also support us directly. That that's always a great thing to do. I am coming up with another another newsletter is coming up soon in about a week. So if you want that, go to thepropreport.com and sign up for the newsletter. You can also donate to us. So if you don't have time for extra content so you don't become a patron, remember the vast majority of what we do and of our listeners are free listeners. So really we're doing this for them. And if just because you don't have time to listen to it, I know does not mean that you don't want to support us. So if you want to support us, donate there, buy a Propaganda Report t-shirt. You can do that there too, thepropreport.com. And with that, on to our last big story of the Free 30. And here it is. So I was reading the Pfizer FDA approval, which is definitely like people are a little confused by it. It's still just an emergency youth use authorization from like un, from 12 to 16 years old, 12 to 15 years old, I think. It's fully yeah. approved for 16 and above. So one thing that worried me, so there was one letter to BioNTech, which is the German company that developed the technology. And in the letters to them, it said... From the FDA, it said, we did not refer your application to the Vaccines and Related Biological Products Advisory Committee because our review of information submitted in your BLA, which is the license application, including the clinical study design and trial results, did not raise concerns or controversial issues that would have benefited from an advisory committee discussion. Now, I think that's a little tricky. It is. So your application to us did not raise any flags that made us think your application to us of the design and trial results specifically didn't flag anything that made us think that the vaccine advisory committee should review your application. That's weird for probably the most uh, reported vaccine on the vaccine adverse events reporting system to not to rely solely on. I mean, I'm sure that wasn't in there, right? That's not in their application probably, but it is on the CDC website. So that was weird to me. And then when I went and looked at the application at the end, it says the applicants proposed 
pharmacovigilance plan includes the following important risks and missing information. So this is what they think should be talked about and isn't there. It's a follow-up thing for after it goes live. If I'm reading this application correctly, it's about 30 pages. At the end, it's like three pages of future reporting that we want you to do almost entirely. Well, I shouldn't say almost entirely, but primarily related to myocarditis and periocarditis. Like that's a real risk here and it affects young people. So it says important identified risks are anaphylaxis, myocarditis, and pericarditis. It says important potential risk, vaccine-associated enhanced disease, including vaccine-associated enhanced respiratory disease. And uh, they also talk about they need to follow up on pregnancy, lactation, and individuals under 12 years old in the future. And at that point, if it's approved with all that stuff, it will be subject to liability protection and access to the vaccine injury fund. But until then, it's only subject to liability immunity under the emergency use authorization, which is ongoing, I think, parallel with this approval. So there's a lot there. Take I I put it in the show notes. Read the thing. I highly recommend people read the approval. Got a couple of questions. One statement. I actually read a study just a couple of days ago about the respiratory problems that are found. That is that's something that they're admitting. They're saying in rare cases people do have lung lung scarring, respiratory issues, and this board committee. Are, are, what would they investigate? They would investigate if there was a lot of controversy around it, if there was cases of bad this reactions. Said, that would, what it is it said, actually? It said your application did not raise concerns or controversial issues that would have benefited from an advisory committee discussion. Oh, interesting. I mean, so, so if it wouldn't, it would not have benefited what? if they would have found things that would have been negative towards getting it approved. I think that could be interpreted in a number of ways. That's it just, yeah, yeah, that's a good point too. But I'm just saying, like, their application didn't raise concerns that this advisory committee could really contribute to. Yeah. Like, that's, I mean, that is really twisted. I mean, that's kind of like we took out all vaccinated asymptomatic people from the case rate and then st- because it, that's not um, medically pertinent yet we quote the case rate as being almost entirely unvaccinated people. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, but so for this twisted little reason, you took it out, but the implications of that are much broader. So your explanation doesn't actually answer the real question of why. Yeah. You know, it wouldn't have benefited, but would have benefited for some other reason, perhaps. Anyway, whatever. And one other question. Are you saying they're they're not immune from prosecution because of the FDA approval? That last part? I'm saying that. And I recommend people go to it's I think has. um, Website is. It's a guy named Wayne Rohde, who I just listened to on the Higher Side Chats, and I want to listen to, I want to um, get him on the show. 
So his website, which he addresses a lot of this stuff, and he actually answered some of my tweets this morning, which I thought was very nice of him. He was saying that um, the way it works, it's thevaccinecourt.com is his website. And what it, it what all he was saying is that you're only entitled to liability protection and vaccine injury fund access if your vaccine has been truly, fully approved, which would include children and pregnant women. So I asked back, does that mean that these are not protected from liability? He said, yes, they are protected from liability. If there's a public health emergency under which this has been given emergency use authorization. So I think some people think because the emergency use authorization has been extended, that the FDA approval is somehow not a real approval. From what I can tell, it is short of a full approval because it doesn't address children. And, and I don't know about pregnant women, but, but it is to, for the demographics or the cohorts that they're applied to, it is full approval. But because they extended the EUA before they approved it for children, it continues to have liability protection. Well, there you go. You get the benefits of the FDA approval while also maintaining the immunity from prosecution by doing that. But but they will get the once they get see, they won't take that EUA off when they do take it off. It'll be because the children have been approved and then they get liability protection. And I'll tell you, I don't even I mean, mind. I do mind. It's terrible that they don't have to pay for injuries. But by not by not being able to take them to court, which in my mind is totally unconstitutional, not being able to take them to court, you can't vet the facts that's what I always want. Vet the facts. They put all this stuff out there. It's wrong. Bad policy. I think it will win in court. But if you're stopped from going to court, you can never get the facts in record. And the facts is what makes people understand how the world works and inform their choices and their policy positions. Is That's why false flags are so dangerous. They distort your understanding of the facts. Yeah. Just for my own clarity's sake here. Yeah. Right now, they cannot be sued. If it uh, were fully approved, including the children, they can be sued. No. Oh, it's the other way around. No, it's a mixture. Right now, from what I understand, they cannot be sued. Once, because they're still under emergency use authorization and a public health emergency, which means they cannot be sued, even if it's not fully approved. Once it's fully approved which means the children are included and pregnant women are included in the FDA's imprimatur, the FDA's approval, once it's that that level approved, then it kicks into a special status among drugs where drugs, you can sue Big Pharma for drug injury, not if it's a, a fully approved vaccine. Then it's just a blanket, never. So if they did not extend the emergency use authorization right now, and it continued to not be approved for people under 12, then it would be subject to liability. Ah, I see. That's why they have a parallel path. From what I can tell, they have the parallel path because they want to tell you it's approved, that that allows people to mandate it and whatever. But they would not have liability protection if it were didn't still have the EUA for the kids. Okay, that, that makes sense. I got you. Thank you. So they have to, yeah. It's. I mean, it's complicated. And I, I'm no expert. I'm just telling you and whoever's listening what I think I understand from the the kind of cursory research I did. I mean, 
we're the lay people. We're not the priests. We don't read the 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 Latin here, the Greek in this case, basically. So we're just trying to translate it into the vernacular and interpret the scripture ourselves. But it's not easy. I mean, it's just not easy. And that's why the priests have such control over the policies. All right. You guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and join up there or go to rockfin.com slash propaganda report and check us out there. Thank you for listening and we will talk to you tomorrow or in the patron 15. Have a fantastic rest of your day. 